loud say amen 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 come on it's a, gonna be a good day i'm so excited look vanessa i didn't even realize we'd be twinning today come on denim on black come on that's right we, we got a matchy matchy going right here and uh just so delighted to have you uh, wherever you're at right now, wherever you're joining us, thank you for tuning in to Church Online or, or, or Church at Home. I love it. Love the fact that house churches have popped up all over America and literally the world, and it's amazing to be able to bring that to you each and every week. I want you to know I miss you. I know our team misses you. Uh, we miss seeing you in the breezeway and really can't wait to see you again in person. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when that is going to be. I know the soonest we'll get together is probably going to be the end of May, but I want you to stay tuned. We'll keep you updated. Make sure that you're getting our emails. We send an email every single week. And so if you're not receiving an email, uh, you can simply put it in the comments or, or send it uh, to, to the person that's hosting the group right now, and we'd love to put you on that email blast. And go check your spam. Go check the junk uh, mail uh, and see if it's being put into spam because we're sending them twice a week. We want to keep you updated uh, with what's happening here at Anchor Ben. I love hearing the story. So many great things that God is doing. Uh, the lives that are being changed, we send out an email on Wednesday, and that email really just talks about the impact that Anchor Bend is having, not only locally, but nationally and around the world. And so I want to make sure that you're getting that so you can see what you're a part of and the impact that's being made. I want to say a huge thank you to every person that gives faithfully uh, to this house, to Anchor Bend. Uh, your giving is literally changing the world. Your giving is making a difference. And so I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in that. I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken your giving digital, uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, it's super, super easy, really simple. Uh, the host of whatever way or venue you're watching, they, they'll drop it into the comments. Uh, but you go to anchorbend.com, that's how you can give online, or you can text to give. And that's how I give. Once you set it up, it literally takes three seconds to send in a text and to give. I uh, also want to encourage you to automate your giving. Uh, put it on autopilot. Let it reoccur. You know when you get paid. Uh, and so just automatically let it come out of your account so you don't even have to think about it. Just absolutely let it be automated uh, if you're comfortable with that. Uh, your faithfulness is what's allowing us to continue to make the impact. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I want you to know this. Look, 24 people, come on somebody, 24 people said yes to Jesus last weekend. Can you believe that, KJ? 24 people. Like, that is blow your mind. Like, come on, somebody. Depopulate hell, populate heaven. Uh, heaven had a dance party last week, and it's really because of your generosity. It's, it's what allows us to move the vision and the ministry forward. And so, thank you for that. Also, I don't know if you tuned in on Wednesday night, but Owen and the youth team and the production team did an amazing job uh, producing our first online youth service. Uh, and just my family, we watched it and just, it was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, we couldn't keep our eyes off of it. Uh, my kids were laughing. They said, dad, that's what our services ought to look like. The big church is big church. Um, and so I'm just so proud, proud of the production team. Uh, why don't you give them a thumbs up, a hand clap or something in the way that you're viewing and just say how proud you are of them and the impact. I love it. I love seeing our young people touched in a powerful way. Look, if you got kids, 
kids. Don't miss AB Kids on Facebook. We've got all the videos for the curriculum as well. We want to make sure that every member of your family is getting an age-appropriate lesson and is being poured into as we are doing online church right now. And so it's been amazing. So proud of the team and all that's been happening. Uh, as a church, look, I, our goal is, is really threefold. We want to give hope. That's right, we want to give hope. We want to provide support. You know, so we're, we're making an impact with people. We're giving hope. We want to provide the support that's needed for people uh, to function and people to go on and move their lives forward. And then we want to stay close. We want to stay close. It's really important as a church that we're leaning in. You know, in a time where it's easy to get disconnected, I want, I want you to just make sure, look, I'm leaning in. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on those Zoom calls. I'm going to continue to run the play. I'm going to invite the lost to come experience a worship experience so they can receive Jesus. I'm going to join the dream team and engage in the dream team. Like, like keep leaning in and being a part of what God is doing. And uh, this could be a great season. I don't want this waiting season to be a wasted season. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm moving my life forward, even though, listen, it doesn't look like we thought it was going to look like. I don't know about you. How many of you thought, man, it really, 2020, it started out with a bang. We're like, woo, 2020 is going to be my year. And uh, some things have changed. It's like, wow, I didn't expect this to happen. I wasn't expecting it to impact us like this. Like we're not even halfway through the year and we're having to learn to live with a new normal. Uh, we're creating new habits. Uh, we're finding new rhythms for life, uh, a new way to interact with our families and function as a church and how we work has changed. The way our kids go to school has changed. The way we socialize has changed. I mean, just lots of new things have happened, new rhythms and for many of you, you, you've turned a corner. In fact, I got an email uh, this weekend from Renee Garza, and uh, it was awesome, Ginger and Renee. And, and Ginger sends me this, this email, and her and Renee, at the beginning of this uh, coronavirus pandemic, the physical isolation, she, she writes at the top of the email, she says, Pastor, we were really struggling. If, if I'm not alive, just, I just want you to know it was very difficult. Uh, we, we struggled. It was hard. Uh, trying to get used to this new normal, trying to communicate with my spouse, trying to raise a family, trying to figure out what work looks like. And she said, we went back to the gift that we gave to the miracle offering and the pledge that we made to the moving forward campaign. And she said, we just decided that we were going to trust God, <clears throat> that God knew this before he told us to do what we did and give what we gave. And she said, we leaned into him. And she said, you know, I'm almost embarrassed. And, and I love it, Ginger. I'm so, I, 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 when you sent that email, it just made me smile. She said, I'm almost embarrassed because God has been so good, like so good to me. Like not, not like a little, but she's like, even though it was hard, she said, look, we turned a corner. Like, like it was hard at first. I had to deal with this new reality, but she said it showed us some things that we needed to work on. And she said, listen, not, I've been praying, God, would you help Renee be able to spend more time with his family? And she said, listen, in the middle of this physical isolation, Renee got a new job, making more money, working less hours. Can you imagine? I mean, think about how, like God is so good. And, and, and I recognize that, man, that's only something that God could do. And so, Ginger, I celebrate that with you. I can't wait to see you guys and high-five you in person. And, and it's an amazing thing because what's happening? People are turning the corner. 
Now listen, I also know there are some of you, you hadn't turned the corner yet, but I want you to know this, there's hope. The corner is going to come around. You're going to turn it. You, though you may be stuck right now or feel like you're stuck, you're not going to be stuck forever. You're going to continue to move forward. Hang on. God is moving even though you can't see it. So it's interesting. Owen asked you a question earlier, and it's, re- it's really a great question. You know, what's missing? I mean, you can get in life and feel like, man, I'm doing some great things. Things are happening. I'm moving forward. But yet something is missing. Maybe you feel stuck and you're like, I know something's missing. Like, like you can tell, but you can't really put your finger on it. And uh, some of you are like, look, come on, pastor. I know something's missing. Well, how do you know something's missing? Look, because we're not gathering together publicly as a church. I'm missing that physical interaction. Like, I mean, you're like, pastor, of course something's missing. Hey, I hadn't been and eaten at my favorite restaurant and sat inside. How many of you have had to go boxes, litter your house because you, you got to have something that, that's outside of your house that's cooked so you can enjoy it? Look, I get it. Look, we hadn't been dining in. That's missing. Um, people say, look, I, we haven't been to movie theaters. I get it. That's missing. The malls. Come on, somebody. Who is ready for the malls to open up? Come on, sporting events. That's right. Fashion. Yeah, and so we're missing some of that. And so, and most importantly, think about this. Ladies, come on. I know you're missing the nail salon. Come on. Phyllis said, look, it is crazy. She, she's like, baby, I ain't got no nails. And, and the hair salon, she, her roots are growing out. She was laughing the other day. And, and, she's, and he, she got some news. It's like she didn't even know if her hair salon's going to open back up. So definitely things are missing. And I get that. But we're missing more than just what's physical, more than just the old normal, because I think we can go back and say, well, of course things are different. Of course we're missing a few of the things that used to be normal, but it's deeper than that. What I'm talking about goes way deeper than the physical. I'm talking about something that you, it's not just about what you can or can't do. It's not just what you can get or don't get, but it's about the condition of your soul. I want to be clear. I'm, I'm not talking about salvation. If you surrender your life to Christ, I want you to know your soul is secure. Uh, the enemy can't take you out of the hands of God. Uh, now, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you've never uh, had that moment of Jesus, I'm all in, God, I surrender. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message. So I want you to hang on because this message is for you. Uh, but look, when I'm talking about missing something, I'm not talking about salvation. But it is about the feeling in your spirit, in your soul, that something is missing. Like, I just can't put my finger on it, but something is off. And sometimes it takes a major disruption, like social distancing or physical isolation, to force us to look inside. I mean, it forces us to take an examination of what's going on in here because we've had to slow down. We've had to be still. And it's in the stillness of life that we begin to realize that we are more than just physical beings doing physical things. And so we are actually triune beings. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And so our spirit man and our soul, they cry out. When something's not right, and if we're not careful, the body will just keep moving life forward, and, and we begin to recognize there's a feeling, there's a sense of something's missing, but we mask it because of the busyness of life. Think about before the coronavirus. So what happened? We were busy working, 
right? We're busy with activities of all the kids' things. Think about all the things we're not doing right now. You got football and basketball and, and you got track and you've got band and you've got all the things that we as parents have stayed busy with. Think about church. I mean, how many know you can get busy with church? Now it's like, okay, I got a Zoom call for my small groups. I got some digital serves and, and I'm watching on Sunday, but, but the, I'm not even spending the time driving. Like how many of you, there are some benefits. Like you're like, man, I've got about 20 minutes of my life back every time I drive there and back uh, after each or before each and every activity. And so there are some things that have shifted and that busyness that used to mask that feeling on the inside is no longer there. And so I just know that God is speaking to many of us in this season, that, that we're not going to allow this season to be a wasted season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize, look, there's something that is missing on the inside. And something's not right. And in September, I remember Phyllis and I, we took a quick trip to Alabama, went to go and spend a day and a half with my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges, it was just a quick, quick trip. And we thought, well, it's not very long. It's just a day and a half. We're going to wait till the last minute. Any procrastinators, if you're a procrastinator, look, I want you to put it inside the comments. Say, that's me, Pastor. Come on. Let's just be open. Take off the mask publicly. Come on. Yeah, so we procrastinated. Why? Because it wasn't that big of a deal, just a day and a half. So we throw everything in the suitcase, and listen, we are flying. It's right after church. Man, we don't have a lot of time. we got to get to the airport, and so we're packing and throwing it all in. We're feeling good. I'm like, man, I'm good. Hey, Phyllis, you got everything? Yep, I got it. Hey, I got it. Boom, throw it all in the suitcase. Feeling good about it until, that's right, until we got into the car and the pace that we were moving at slowed down. When we're driving in the car, I began to think about what I had just done and realized and felt, listen, I think I'm missing something. I, I don't even know what it is, but I'm telling you, it feels like I'm missing something. And so look, in the busyness of packing, oh, I felt good. I, I got it. I'm large and in charge. But in the calmness of the ride... I began to feel like, look, something's missing. And sure enough, listen, on this trip, I, I've left several things on multiple trips, but this trip, it was a dress-up trip, and I left my belt and my dress shoes. Come on. I'm like, for the love, it's the one reason why I'm supposed to be going, and it's the very thing that I lost and left. And I think the busyness of life it's easy for us to feel good about our lives. Like we're running here, we're running there. All my activities, they seem to match up and add up and I'm feeling good. And then when we begin to slow down, now the calmness of this pace causes me to realize that I've been masking a pain of something that's been missing. And I wonder if that's why Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. That God's in the middle of the stillness. That God's in the middle of the calm. That he uses those moments as we slow down to get our attention. He's trying to speak to us. He's trying to tell us something. And, and so here we thought we were healthy. But now as we've slowed life down, we realize we're not really as healthy as we thought we were. It's like a check engine light. I mean, everybody's got a car, right? So, so you know what a check engine light is. It's it's a it's an engine light that comes on in your car when something's not working properly. And what's the point of a check engine light? Well, because while I'm driving, I may not recognize that something's not right, but yet there is a sensor 
that tells me, listen, though it feels like everything's normal, though it seems like everything's functioning correctly, that sensor says, look, something is wrong. And so, listen, if you're driving with a check engine light, like I know some of you, you've been having a check engine light on for years. Look, I got it. The whole thing of a check engine light is that sensor says, look, something's not right. It's time to take this car to the shop to get some work done on the car. But look, if you don't take it to the shop, what's going to happen? Eventually, that car is going to break down. And some of you have found yourself in this physical isolation breaking down. The Holy Spirit was like that check light. He's the sensor in our heart and in our soul. It's like, hey, listen, listen, you got to slow down. Look, something's not right. Look, th think about the areas of your life. You thought you were disciplined. <laughs> and how many of you in this moment realized maybe I'm not as disciplined as I, I thought I was, right? I, I, I recognize that, yeah, it's, it's a little harder to get up when I don't have a boss that's looking at me in the morning. It's a little harder to work diligently in the office. It's a little harder to do the things when nobody is sitting there telling you what to do. So that discipline that you thought you had is now being exposed. We got, we got to work on it a little bit more. You thought you were a good communicator. Anybody thought you were a good communicator? You're like, man, I'm good at communicating to my spouse and my kids. I mean, I text them on my way home, honey, I'm coming home. Like, uh, and, and then we get to this place where now I'm at home. Come on. I left home and I thought I was a good communicator with my spouse, but man, I learned real quick. It ain't been so good. Come on. I, I thought I was good with my kids and I realized maybe I haven't been as good as I thought I was. Maybe it's your boss. You thought, oh man, I'm a good communicator to my boss, or maybe you're a boss to your employees. I thought I could communicate well and I did it well, but this has exposed some areas that when we were running so fast, we never paused long enough to realize was an issue. You thought your family was strong, thought your marriage was strong, and it may be, but here's the reality. You, you might've found some cracks. And look, there's nothing wrong with a crack when it's small. Right? I mean, it's just a little crack. I mean, when it's small, we tend to ignore it. We tend to say, ah, it doesn't really matter. It's no big deal. However, crisis exaggerates everything. And so God's been trying to work on you when it was just a crack, when it was just not a big deal. And now this crisis has exaggerated that crack. And that crack that was no big deal now has become a gap under pressure. There's been a fracture that crack has been exposed. And look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, I love this passage, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Look, jars of clay. Like, think about this, that we, that, that's what he said, the, the writer said, look, we are like these jars of clay. Now, a jar of clay can be cracked, it can be broken, but here's the beautiful thing about it, it can actually be put back together again, too. And that's the amazing thing. No matter how broken or fractured or cracked, we've got the great God in heaven who is down here attentive to us. And he loves to fix the broken areas of our life. I mean, I, I love that. And what, what it says is he, he wants to demonstrate his power in and through us. That that's how God gets the glory, that he demonstrates it. So, so he takes these broken, fragile vessels and he fills us up with his power so that he can pour us out to the world. Look at what Paul said in Philippians 2, 17, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. So he's at the end of his life. 
He's like, I'm going to rejoice. Look, he says, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. So what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying Paul was filled up with God, and he was pouring his life out to God, just like your faithful service. So he said, look, that's what's happened to me. Now that's your faithful service as well. It's an offering to God, and I want you to share that joy. Broken vessels pouring our lives out and letting the world see God. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, remember our message. It's not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ. Think about it. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. I, that's why I wore that shirt at the drive-in church. I just told him it's not about logos and egos, but it's all about the, the name above every name, and that's Jesus. And so we're proclaiming Jesus. We're declaring Jesus, the master. All we are is messengers. Look, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness and our lives filled up with light. Think about that. God wants our lives, just the very fabric of who we are, to light up the darkness. That where we go, darkness would sense, my God, there's light. My God, something's different. Like, wow, this person walked in the room. You ought to walk in the room and change the atmosphere of the room because the light of God is shining so brightly on the inside of you. But the only way that'll happen is if we are filled up with that light. It's the only way it can happen. It's the only way. So, so we got to be filled up with God. Maybe that's what's missing. Maybe that, that whole check engine light, that, that part on the inside that has been kind of going off, but, but we've been so busy. Maybe that's why it's been going off. It's like, listen, ding, 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 ding. Look, you're not full of the power of God. Because if you think about a vessel, when he said the jars of clay, that jar of clay is meant to be filled up. Why? So it could be poured out. And, and again, I'm not talking about salvation. You can be saved. You can attend this online church. You can be in a Zoom small group. You can even serve on the dream team and still be empty. I mean, think about that. Pastor, you're telling me? That you can do all these different things for God and still not be full of God? That's exactly what I'm saying. And I wonder if in this physical isolation, the enemy has caused us to forget some of the basics, the foundations. Remember I talked last week about the basics of Christianity. We don't have to get fancy. Let's stick with the basics. And this is one of the basics. Look, I cannot give what I do not have. And so look, if, if, I, if I don't have it, I can't give it. So some of you, you've been trying to give love, but you've not received God's love. Some of you, you've been disconnected from the source, and that's God. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm just talking about your, your authentic, alive, day-to-day -day relationship with God. You have disconnected from the source of love. And so you wonder, why is it hard for me to love people? 1 John 4, 16 says, God is love. Think about that. God is is love. First John 4, 7 says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. So if I need love, I got to go to the place where I can get love. 
Some of you are searching for joy. How many know we can be in this moment? And you think, well, how do we have joy? I've lost my job. How do we have joy? Look at the economy. My stocks have gone down. I mean, how do I have joy? We hadn't come together physically as a church. I mean, I'm just feeling all these things. But what we must understand is if I need joy, I've got to go to the place or the source of joy. It's the only way I receive it. And joy is not based on my circumstance. Joy is based on the condition of my soul. Is your soul connected to God? Is your spirit connected to God? See, God is our source. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with your joy. Look, with joy in your presence. Think about that. Where does joy come from? It comes from the presence of God. So you can only be filled with joy by spending time with God. So if you want joy, get in his presence. It's how we get filled up. It's the only way that we get filled up in our lives. And maybe that's what we've been missing. God, you're my source. God, you're my source. Let me me give you another example. Look, right now, there are two pictures that are on your screen. There's one on the right. There's one on the left. I want you to look at both of them. Just just take a look. Uh, Look at it. They're both branches, right? I mean, we see that. So they're different. But yet they're the same. I I want to ask you a question. Which of these branches is alive? It's a simple question. Like, look look hard. Look, it's not a trick question. Come on. Everybody join, all the kids, all the teenagers, all the young adults. Like, look hard. Which one of these branches is alive? Now, on the count of three, this is what I want you to do. I want everybody to say right or left, and we're going to say it all together so that we know uh, what your answer is. Let's say this. One, two, three. That's right. Now, look, if you said neither, you're the one that's right. It's not about the one on the right or the left because both of these branches are dead. They're both disconnected from the life source. And so though one is lush and green and the other one is dry and withered, though it looks like it's alive, it actually is dead. It simply hasn't produced the death that's already taken place on the inside. And I wonder if that's not a picture of some of us today. Like we were connected to the source. We had the thriving relationship with God. And the outside, everything kind of looks right. It all looks normal, right? I mean, you're going to church. You're even Zoom calling. You're part of the serve team. You're doing all the things that look like you're alive. But the problem is you've been disconnected from the source of life. And now you're slowly dying on the inside. Think about that. It looks good on the outside, But what's missing? You've not been connecting to the source. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit with your check engine light on flashing. Listen, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And and I want you to know this physical isolation is ending. The governor's loosening up restrictions. And wouldn't it be a tragedy for us to have had this moment to slow down, to pause, for God to fix the cracks so that there would no longer be gaps in our life. But the Holy Spirit's like, check engine lights on. Listen, you look alive, but something's not right. You've not been connecting to the source of life. Maybe that's why you feel dry. Maybe that's why you feel empty. You're starting to feel burned out. Look, you're not alone. 
It happens to all of us. Every single one of us have had that feeling, man, I am burned out. It is tough. You're not alone. But here's my responsibility. i got to point you back to the one that can connect you to the life that you need to fulfill the purpose that he has for you. And we got to get back to the basics. And I want to I teach you something really simple, but it is really powerful. Every day, I want us to focus the first 15. It's a simple principle that I've taught the fellowship. I've taught our staff. Uh, really, it's a powerful thing that each and every one of us can do. And if we do it, I promise you this, it's going to connect you to the source. And whatever you're missing, whether it's hope or love or joy or peace, really, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those are the things that come from the presence of God. So if you find yourself missing any of those, here's a way to reconnect. And it's really simple. It's back to the basics. So what we do, the first 15, you've got to make a meeting. You've got to set an appointment. And the very first 15 minutes of your day, what you got to do is you're going to say, I'm going to commit to spend time with God. I'm not going to do anything else until I've connected with God so that he can fill me up, so that I can be full of his presence, so that I can engage in his power as he allows me and sends me to pour my life into the world around me. It's the first 15. And I know, I, listen, I, I get it. Some of you are like, oh, pastor, that sounds so basic. It goes back to the basics, right? I, I get it. So you want to win championships? Go back to the basics. It's getting this routine back. Some of you, you had an off, like it was just a thriving, authentic relationship with God, and you didn't mean to, but coronavirus knocked you out. You just got out of the rhythm. And so I'm going to help us get back into the rhythm, and I'm going to break it down. What I do, the first 15, what that is, is that's three five-minute segments of spending time with God. Now, the first five minutes are five minutes of worship. And some of you, you're dry because you haven't worshiped in a while. Now, I know we've been leading you in worship on the Sunday morning house party experiences where we're watching at home, and it's amazing. I'm so proud of Vanessa and the band. Come on, if you love them and are proud of them, just give me some hearts, some high fives, say, yay. You know, it, it's been amazing. But if you have found yourself at home worshiping in those moments, sometimes, if we're just candid, it's, it's been hard. It's like, well, some of you stand up, especially if you sit down, you know, you got kids running through the room or distractions, things that are in front of you that wouldn't normally be in front of you. And so if we really were to gauge and take a, take a step back and say, when's the last time I worshiped and really worshiped, it would be a while. And it's not intentional. Look, if you were in church, you wouldn't get distracted. We'd all be sitting there and standing there. We'd be singing. We'd be worshiping. But we're not in distraction-free environments. We're at home, and there's a lot of distractions. And so I want to encourage us. Look, I'm going to spend the first five minutes of my day worshiping God. Psalm chapter 100. I love what 1 and 2 verse 1 and 2 say in the Message Bible. It says, on your feet now. I mean, that's what I love, V, where she's like, come on, get up on your feet. Come on. And it says, look, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter, and then look what it says, sing yourselves into his presence. But think about that. How do I get into the presence of God? I've had people ask me, Pastor, how do I get into the presence of God? Look, the Bible's clear. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. And in that moment, the presence of God fills the room. Look, there are moments in our life where you don't need a word. Come on, there's moments in your life you don't need to pray. You just got to worship. And it's that worship in his presence 
And that's what fills the need and the void that's in my life. And so we're going to spend the first five minutes. We'll play, play Elevation. Get, get on your, your, your iTunes. Get on Spotify. Whatever it is that you listen to and just say, look, I'm going to fill myself up with worship in this moment. The second five minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to spend time reading your Bible. And so I'm going to worship. I'm going to play a song. It's going to be amazing. But the second five minutes, look, I've got to dive into the Word. If I want to be filled up with God, look, look at what John chapter 1 verse 1 says. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And that's good. But look at what it says. And the Word was God. And so, look, if I want to get filled up with God, i got to go to the place that is God, and that's his word. And I want him to fill me up. I'm going to dive into the Bible and let his words come off of that page into my heart, into my soul, and fill me up from the inside out. That's the thing I love about the Bible. The Bible is not just a normal book. The Bible's not a self-helps book. The Bible is living, it's active, and the rhema, the revelation of God is what speaks to us. It's not about, oh, I'm just going to read something still and static. No, God's rhema, his revelation comes alive as I read his word in my heart and put it in my heart. Look, Matthew 4, 4, listen, I don't know if you've ever heard this passage, but it says Jesus answered and he's talking to his disciples. Look, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Think about it. So he equates the word as food that we eat. Now, you wouldn't go days without eating. KJ, would you go days without eating? <laughs> Vanessa, look. I, no, no. Hey, come on. None of you guys. Joel, we ain't going days without eating. Look, we wouldn't go weeks without eating. I mean, unless we're fasting, right? 21 days of fasting and prayer, which we do in January, and we love it uh, because it helps us to say no to things we love for the one we love even more. But in general, we're not going to go without food. Why? Because I need strength. I need power. And it's when I eat, I get the nourishment that I need to be able to live life the way God's called me to live. And I, I, I just wouldn't do without. And yet some of you, you haven't eaten the spiritual food that you need, the word of God. And it's not just been a day, but it's been weeks. Some of you, it's been seven weeks. Some of you eight weeks. Some of you, it's longer. Now, I know you get the word when I preach because I preach the word, but there is something different when I am reading the word of God for myself and God is speaking to me. And I just wonder if that feeling of something being missing is the fact of the word of God not being placed inside of our hearts. I love Isaiah 55 verse 3. Uh, this passage came out of the message, the way he says it. I, ju I just love it. It says, God is speaking through Isaiah. And look, look what he says. He says, pay attention. Come close now. So God is like, come on, come close. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. And I thought, man, that's a, that's a perfect picture. The word of God is life-giving. It's nourishing to my soul. I get filled up with what it is that I'm missing in that moment. And God just has a way of filling my life up whenever I go to his word. Uh, something happened to me even recently. I thought about it and I wanted to share. Look, I was reading on April 20th. I was reading my one-year Bible as I normally do. I got up in the morning, early in the morning, and, and I'm spending time with God. I'd listen to a worship song I open up his word, and in this moment, my, my heart has been heavy. Uh, my heart has been a little fearful. 
I was feeling a little bit hopeless uh, because if you remember, March 20th was actually the date we were supposed to close on the building, uh, the, the old tractor supply. And so for me, I wake up in this, this moment, this morning, and, and I'm thinking, I'm going to worship, and I'm going to open the word, but my heart is heavy. I'm thinking, God, I just, I don't know what's happening. I'm a little bit frustrated, like, man, God, I can't believe it hadn't happened. Because what, what had happened, which you don't know, the, the banks that are super interested, they're like, hey, we're going to move forward with you. All of them paused. Because of this environment that they found themselves in, that we find ourselves in, not because of the money, just the fact of the economy. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I just, man, what do, what do I do? And having this heaviness on the inside, I began to read my one-year Bible. And I love the one-year Bible because it gives you a diet that is balanced. It gives you Old Testament, New Testament, a Psalms, and a Proverbs. And so I get a little bit of, uh, of, of, of a balanced diet as I read. And I was reading on April 20th. Now, this is not an accident. It's not a mistake. I love how God just orchestrates it. So the, the passage for that day was Joshua chapter 21 and 22. And I was reading, not thinking a lot, just came with a heavy heart. God, didn't even think I needed a word from God. I just was feeling this heaviness. And and look at what it says in verse 44 and 45. Tell me if this ain't a word from God. He's talking about the children of Israel and the promised land and the fact that God had given them the promised land. Verse 44 says, the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. So God made a promise. And in this passage, he's fulfilling the promise that he made. He said, not one of their enemies, look at what it says, withstood them The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. And then I love verse 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. And God spoke to me. He said, didn't I give you Jeremiah 32, 27? Is there anything too hard for me? And the Lord really spoke to me and shored me up in a moment of doubt, in a moment of not feeling a lot of hope, in a moment of a little bit of fear. And he said, look, I'm telling you, every word that I have spoken will come to pass. And I want you to know this. It wasn't long that day that the bank reached out to us and said, we are ready to move forward with this property. And listen, I I got a call from the company that's helping us. And he said, look, we got lots of churches we're working with. You're the only church that has gotten terms on their building. Everybody else is paused. And I thought, God, not one of your promises will fade away. It wasn't an accident that I came across that passage. It was the fact that I was diving into his word saying, God, I just, I just, I'm going to spend time. And he just filled me up. He filled me up with what? Hope, peace, faith, And that's what I think might be missing in our lives, that here we are. We've been running so fast, and it's been there, but now that crack has become a gap. And we're wondering, and God's got, look, I got the check engine light on right now. Come on, I want to fill you up. If you'll come to the word, I'm going to fill you up. So the first five minutes is worship. Second five minutes is reading the Bible. The last five minutes is I'm going to spend the time in prayer. I'm going to spend some time, and in this moment, I'm going to pray Whatever God puts in my heart. A lot of times we pray the word of God. I I, I love the fact that God's word gives us very clearly the ability to declare what God's perfect will is for my life. So I grab a hold of his scripture, his passages, his words, and I declare them over my life. And here's the problem that I see with prayer for a lot of people. Prayer has become a last resort. 
Prayer was not a first response, not for many people. It's like, God, I'll call you in case of emergency. You ever had that break in case of emergency? Like you break that glass box that's got the fire extinguisher, like in case of emergency. That's what a lot of us do with God. It's like, God, I'll use you when there's an emergency. Like, I guess I've tried everything else, and now, God, I will try you. We got to flip that around. Look, I pray first. God, it's my first response. It's the first thing that I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and, and, and that's the power of the first 15. I'm spending time in worship. He's filling me up. I'm spending time in his word. He's filling me up, and then I'm going to spend some time praying, and as I pray, I know that God hears the prayers of my heart, and I just, I know he fills me up. It's faith, I walk out knowing that I've connected to the source of life. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says very early. This, here's an example that I want you to get in your heart. Very early. Now, he's talking about Jesus. He says, look, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus gets up. Now, I know if you're not a morning person, you don't want to hear that. Because we like to say, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to pray whenever I feel led. I'm a night person. And look, I'm not going to knock it. I'm just glad you're getting filled up if that's what you're doing. But I think Jesus gives us the pattern. And what's his pattern? The first, the priority, even when it's tough. Look, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go spend time and I'm going to pray. And I always look at this. If Jesus needed to be filled up, come on, somebody. I mean, no, I, I definitely need to be filled up. I need to go to that place where God will fill me up so that then I've got what I need for him to pour me out. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, look, everything, everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will surpass his all understanding. It's going to guard my heart, my mind in Christ Jesus. Well, how do I have that peace? Prayer. How do I have my, my heart filled up with the power and the presence of God? It's through prayer. God wants to fill you up. And I believe for many of you, that's the deeper thing that you've been missing. We've been running around on empty. We've been, we've been walking around and we're dry. We're, we're like that, that, that branch. We look good. It almost, it looks alive, but the truth is we've been disconnected from the source. Look, the truth is you're not missing superficial activities. You're missing his supernatural power. It's the power of God. Look, we weren't created to just exist in this life. I don't want to just make it to heaven. I don't want to just get there. I want to live in this earth having been filled up with the power of God and pouring that power into the life of other people. And here's the promise that God makes in James chapter 4, verse 8. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me. Draw near to me. Look, it's a promise. God, I, I'm going to draw near to you. And as I do, you're going to meet me in that place. Look, when I, when I step out and I do the first 15, which I'm asking you, even right now, some of you just got to put it in your calendar. You got to make sure I'm getting up. Set the appointment. Make the time. Fit it in your schedule and make it a priority. Why? Because that's what's been missing. That, that's the part on the inside of us that has, that has been going off the whole check engine light. God, that's what's been missing. Look, the world doesn't need empty vessels. It needs people who are filled with the Spirit and the power of God. Let this week, let tomorrow 
be the day that you focus on God fill me up God fill me up God fill me up any lack that you have whatever it is that you need God fill me up